If you're dating, I don't care who you're dating, you're out of God's will. You're holding one. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, by the way, that intro, I can't believe you used that intro. That was my favorite so far. That was, it was amazing. It made me laugh every time I heard it. I'm trying to remember it. I'm like, he did not use that. We had like 20 and you used that one? Uh, there wasn't as many as you thought there was. Oh, Okay. Maybe there was six. We're pretending we're podcasting right now. Eventually, it's going to happen. But we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. We're starting. Okay, start it up. Get us it's on topic. Oh, great. You know what? what? Missions. And then Mike Curley actually went, took his whole family and decided to have a mission in the middle of no, the United States. Iowa is not a mission Iowa field. Iowa is not a mission field. <laughs> no. Actually, actually, everybody there is already Christian. Having no listened to what he too. said, I think it is a mission Everybody field. there is Christian like Scott's Christian. Oh! oh. <laughs> like super wow. Christian? You mean like Bible-believing? There's <laughs> 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 oh. a great response. Goodness. <laughs> You're so honest. <laughs> I mean vague. It's okay. You can chew into the mic. Are we recording? Come yes. on, Brad Pitt. Oh. Yeah. You know, I didn't even know. I grew up in Nebraska, Omaha, right next to Des Moines. Yeah, Omaha's not next. So, to no, Des I'm sorry, Scotts Scotts Bluff, um, which is yeah, connects to Iowa, and it's in so many deep ways. I didn't know that Mormons were all over the place, in, but in that area, did they follow the Mormon trail? There's herds of them. <laughs> herds of them. Sorry, Scott. It's called the Oregon Trail. I don't think they didn't make it that far. That's why they stopped in, Nor- in Salt Lake City. What was it like? Uh, Speaking of Mormons, up with all the Mormons, I did not even know. I'm not sure there was a lot nope. of Mormons in my John. school. There could th- have been. I think Mormons have now been mentioned more on this podcast. Yeah, I was saying John MacArthur. Okay. Wait, or Ken Ham, which we got to get or those Ken two Ham. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Zach let's, hates let's Ken, Ken Ham. Back up. <laughs> you know, Ravi Zacharias, he just did a U- he just did a message. Well, actually, he was there in Utah preaching to Utah people, which is diverse. Okay, Ravi does not sound like a white name. Okay. What's he doing in Utah? All right. Greg has insulated himself to the Lutheran way. The, he was born in Texas. Born Ravi in Texas? Was? No. Okay. He's Indian. <laughs> anyway, he he's he's trying to figure out what topic will I speak on, and so he spoke on truth. So oh. I can't wait to hear the rest of that one. Oh yeah, because truth is easy. Yeah, it's especially when you get to Gethsemane. Gethsemane? Nope. Gethsemane. Nope, that's a terrible word to say drunk. Gethsemane. I don't want to rehash the Mormons again. No. Mm. Okay. I'm tired of the Mormons. Let's already move on started. past the Mormons. I agree. So, guys, have you heard this one? Let's a progressive, a conservative, and an overpaid emotional now? school teacher walk into a bar. <laughs> what was Jeff doing there? <laughs> You're smiling at me, but did it hurt your feelings? Great. 
<laughs> Jeff is crying. I'm still trying to Jeff remember what you said. Jeff is crying until he cashes that pension check. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of Mormons. Say Mormon no, one we more were time. I'm gonna speaking hit you. of moving beyond the Mormons. I'm going to pull you. So I have pe- a question about polygamy. Okay. <laughs> is have it wrong? Everything you want. Anything Okay, so I actually like Todd's. Is polygamy wrong? Oh, shoot. Do we bleep his name? Okay, no. I actually like Todd's explanation on this, that everything in the Bible, like having more than one wife or whatever was going on in the Old Testament, it's recorded, but it's not like condoned. It's not like this is the way it should be, but this is the way it was with the, the polygamy thing. If you think about it, and if we're all honest with ourselves, and I'm sure everyone's going to agree, is is there's probably a right way to do it, right, John? Oh, boy. No. There's not a right way to do so it. So it doesn't fall into everything is lawful, everything is permissible. Tell me in the Bible where it says polygamy is wrong. There's only one place. Well, I'm gonna. There's only one place. Well, what is well Paul says that every every woman should have one husband, every man should have one wife. And it's the it's the Timothy when he's exactly. writing about the elders. Yep. And outside of that, it's never addressed. Yeah. So Jeff, when are you putting in your elder resignation? To to get another wife? Oh, you know about his other wives? <laughs> you know about Jeff's other wives? Wait, don't worry. This won't be in here. I'll I don't cut think Jeff this was, out. Jeff wasn't even paying attention. He's so he sorry. He won't. He I was gazing I love the last... The I love the... If this actually gets played, I love the last podcast where... Dave says, will this be, so that'll be edited. And I'm like, nope, didn't get edited. <laughs> That's what makes it funny. <laughs> yeah. so, wait, I, so, so the reason I bring it up is because. Oh boy, this should be good. I listen to, should I name the person I listen to a lot? Who's, who brings it up a lot? Sure. sure. Okay. So Mike Erie brings it up a lot. So I emailed him. What podcast? I don't know. Vox, Vox podcast, Mike Erie, Vox, Mike Erie Subver- something, Sub- Submersive King. We're, we're all. Submersive kingdom. So he frequently (laughs) brings up the genocide, you know, Old Testament Christ or God who ordered his people to go in and kill all the women and children, and they were polygamists. And so I challenged him on it because I don't think that genocide of women and children should be on the level of polygamy because I've actually done a couple studies on different cultures where polygamy is almost necessary okay. so wow and churches this goes on to the missions conversation which we're not going to have tonight but um that missionaries come in and enforce their like biblical view of what polygamy is and destroy entire communities um and there was this one case study where all the women were attending the church but none of the men and the pastor went out. I'm in the middle of the story. <laughs> you want the mic, though. And the pastor went out and yeah. interviewed the men and said, why are you guys still polygamists? You, you don't want to be. Um, and the story goes on where the guy said, well, I was. I did try to only have one wife. And my wife was ripping on me and said, what a loser you are. Look at all the work I have to do. I have to do all the cooking, all the cleaning, everything for this household. And you should get another wife. And he, I'm not arguing that we should have polygamy in the United States. I'm fine with the law of saying no. You know what? I have plenty of audio evidence that I can chop up and use out of context against you, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. But I don't... Anyway, 
No, 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 no. You can't say but yeah, I don't you, and then hand the mic so off is, to are you, Scott. I don't think that polygamy is necessarily wrong. And like as in a salvation this issue. Is fantastic. It's, just, it, I love you, it. it's a cultural issue to you, not a moral issue. Yes. So are you you're you want to be a polygamist out of the kindness of your heart because you Don't love the mic. because you love your wife. No responses from John. because you because you love your wife so much. <laughs> you want her to have another. You want you want to have another help meet to help her because you love her. Do you say help meet? He did. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, there's a pound of help meat. That's KJV. <laughs> Is it help meet or help mate? What did I say? <laughs> Oh, that is wrong. No, I do not. All I'm right. not arguing that I actually want to be a polygamist. Did you get that part, Zach? Yeah. Okay. We got I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you encompass it in with genocide. John, you have a mic and we're all right here. Yeah. When you encompass no, no, you it in with genocide. <laughs> when you encompass it in with genocide, I just feel like that that's not the same thing. We get it. So I, anyway, I just thought it was an inch. Yeah, I agree. And John, I'll, I'll second you. I actually think when when Paul says that all things are permissible, it it encompasses in the right circumstance. You can um, <laughs> you can justify anything, but depending on the circumstance, it might be detrimental and even wrong in a certain culture or. Um, and uh, they were in a certain culture back then when he said that. And like you said, missionaries coming in and tearing up families un unknowingly or not intentionally, or maybe intentionally. It's intentionally. John's nodding intentionally um, because they were doing things wrong. Um, yeah, I, I would I would say at the very least, there's got to be sensitivity and grace when you're having that conversation in all circumstances because it's really easy to put a blanket, a wet blanket over everything um, and miss the point. You guys... Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Scott, can you give us some context on the all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial, please? I'm not quite sure what Zach actually said or meant. He's not either. I think think he encompassed pretty much anything, any, any other statement. What he said encompasses any other statement. So he didn't really say anything. Except... For blaspheming the Holy Spirit, <laughs> I think that's where Zach would would draw the line. Well, I would say it's not always profitable. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit is not always profitable. Yeah, correct. <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> I don't know who we are. All right, you got you got some some Bible. I was I I typed in help meet and it's not coming up. <laughs> I'm surprised nothing came up for help meet. I mean. You surely you would get something that would be questionable that you wouldn't want in your search history. And going back to what Greg said, yeah, just because something is descriptive does not mean it's prescriptive. For sure. We would all agree with that. Yes. That's a better way of saying it. Yeah. Do you guys know what satire is? Somebody Google satire. Here. You have a point, Zach. Get to it. Okay, Google. To expose and criticize people's stupidity or vices, particularly in the context of contemporary politics and other topical issues. That's nice. What's even more, and you can't tell to the listener, is that John said, "Okay, Google." 
And, oh my goodness. And Jeff's iPhone is responding I from is, 10 feet this, away. No, but it's Google versus. How is your iPhone responding to OK Google? OK Google. Hot Carl. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, Zach. I looked up Babylon, Babylon Bee. Okay. Now, why don't you read just a couple headlines? Scott from the Babylon Bee. Let's like, go down the list. I like where this is going. Man mistakes indigestion for pastoral call. Yes. <laughs> yes. Church caught in bitter schism between Mary Kay and Avon parties. Okay. Yeah. They might That's split over that. That's happened to everybody. Man with a Jeremiah twenty nine eleven tattoo recounts his time in Babylonian captivity. That's, that's I hadn't seen that one. That might that might be my favorite one. Man, man gets cross tattoo in lieu of sanctification. Oh, here we go, dude! They, oh my gosh, the Mormon Church. The Mormons, the Mormons are everywhere. Dude. Mormon missionaries flee in terror after realizing they had knocked on. I got to click on the link now. After they knocked on David Platt's door. He's a pastor, if anyone doesn't know. He's fiery. I don't think he's Irish, though, or, sc- or Scottish. What, why don't you read that one, Jeff? Again, <laughs> this is great. So, is Lakewood Church, is that Joel scene? <laughs> it's the Oast Master. Oh, this, yes. Like so, that. the Babylon Bee. Did you just make you that mean? up? I just make that nice! up. Nice! I just make that up. <laughs> Scheduling error causes Paul Washer to preach at Lakewood Church. Thousands dead. Okay, <laughs> you guys are all laughing. You guys are all laughing because he kn- who's Paul Washer? Can you help me out? Oh, uh, man. So he has a podcast. Um, you should listen to it. But he is fiery. He's in your face. Um, okay, I get it. Like So the exact opposite of, of Joel Osteen. He's Turner Burn. <laughs> no, he is. He is. Um, Would you say he's selling fire insurance? No, no. Jonathan no. Edwards style, not presidential candidate, but the actual no, he, preacher. No, he was a polygamist, wasn't he? Here's a Paul Washer quote okay. from bringingtruth.com. There's no such thing as biblical dating. If you're dating, I don't care who you're dating, you're out of God's will. Oh. <laughs> if you're a young man and you're dating, you're out of God's will, Period. You can come talk to me about it later. Oh, that is so amazing. The Babylon Bee, Christian news and satire, right? So it's these Christian people that some are alleging are revealing. They're try- I think they're trying to be objective. And some of the criticism I'm seeing on the Twitterverse is that they're revealing themselves to be to have a theological bent towards Reformed theology. Uh, which Greg would say is say the correct, so. the correct th- theology. We got Greg here who says he's, well, he acts like a Calvinist. You're probably not a Calvinist, full-blown. You're not five-point. I'm not going to confirm or deny that, Zach. Okay. But reform theology, what could be more dangerous? I know. It's scandalous. Scandalous. So there's a little criticism over some of their specific usages of names. Scott, I'm going to need you here for this. I'm here. Names. Names. Calvinism is bad. <laughs> Scott, you don't believe that, and I know it. Yeah, God doesn't want me to believe it. So so I like the Babylon Bee. In general, I like it too. And okay. I, think, I think at its best, satire will make people think, and it exposes flawed thinking 
or maybe exposes why people do what they do and mm-hmm. maybe will lead people to rethink what they're doing and why they're doing it. I.e. my favorite one so far was the fog machine broke <laughs> and it prevented the Holy Spirit from effectively moving through the church is unbelievable because it's beautiful because there are people that think that way. They might not know they think that way. We have somebody that used to go to our church and used to be involved that I play and Greg plays in the worship band some weeks we volunteer. It's yeah, he doesn't get paid. It is unbelievable. We get paid in coffee and donuts and hugs and snuggles. But th- this person was also involved, and there was a frustration because we weren't letting the spirit move. And and it, it it's not as blatant as the fog machine broke so the spirit can't move, but it was essentially that mentality of, if we don't just wing it and cut loose and just go off the charts, then then the Holy Spirit won't move effectively. So that, I think, that satire, that Babylon Bee was, uh, I think, a beautiful approach and it exposes maybe some thinking that might want to be corrected or, or thought about. Like, what are we doing when we're actually worshiping? Do we need all the lights, bells and whistles? They're not wrong in, in and of themselves, but... Uh, that's that's what I love about it, but the criticism is coming now that the specific usages of names and being kind of coming down, maybe appearing a little bit condescending towards uh, strains of Christianity we don't uh, or the Babylon Bee doesn't agree with. There's a lot of backlash. At first, it was all love because it was new, it was fresh, it was exciting. The Babylon Bee. And now there's a little backlash because they're calling people out name-wise that aren't reformed or, I mean, for the record, the Babylon Bee has never said that they're reformed. They're they're just no, but they did say they're Christian, which is the same as being reformed. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Greg. Mm. Okay, and I actually really like that whole. uh, How is the spirit leading you in this song? Um, because it's difficult when you're when you're playing in a specific key to to think about how the spirit is leading you in that song. If let let's just say Zach that we were playing, uh, I don't know how he loves in the key of C, and the spirit leads me to play an E major chord. What would that? Well, how would that go? Um. I'm going to guess well. not well. No. Uh-uh, not By well the way, the key of C is the happiest of all keys. Of course. It's and the perfection. That, I mean, I, it might be in the Bible. No. No. It, I mean, they're not, they're not purporting. They're not, it's not like the sun. It's not like the Sun Your Times or the, the, um, the National Enquirer or something. They're not, they're not putting these stories forth as truth. And if anyone takes them as truth, it's they're... Right, I think the cri- I think the criticism is that that there is basically infighting that is counterproductive. So Christians bagging on other Christians because they don't hold the same theologies or doctrines, as opposed to some of the more general ones like the Holy Spirit moving, which I think ex- exposes flawed thought p- perhaps. Um, but that's different than bagging on somebody else's theology, or or does it not matter? 
If people are going to complain about that, it's like they're just all up in a tissue over probably nothing. Um, if they want to sh- shift their focus to that, I don't, I don't think that. I mean, yeah, it's it's satire. It's not like it's not like they're claiming that this is truth or they're. I I, I don't know. I reminds me of one of our earlier discussions. Does God have a sense of humor? Mm. And it and does he think the mm. Babylon Bee is funny? By mm. the way, Greg, your reaction to me saying it's reformed <laughs> is just so stereotypical for people of a reformed or Calvinistic bent, which is super arrogant <laughs> and <laughs> condescending. And like you guys are all terrible at the Bible and we've got it going on. Let me tell you, Zach, I have life figured out. All right. All right. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. Mike Curley, straight from the Midwest, just sat on me, and I think a, I think you just he consecrated left corn, in your pants. corn on the cob uh, right here for me, straight from Des Moines. You were just consecrated. <laughs> Mike Curley is with us. Um, I probably shouldn't be injuring him, so I'm going to step aside and let Zach Crater take over. He doesn't need any introduction. Everybody knows Mike Curley. Mike Curley is a pastor. He's a man. He's a father. He's a lover. He's a connector. He's a brother. Mm. So, Mike, give us the two minute, uh, oh, the two minute synopsis of your life up until now. And Go. Mike, yeah. Don't worry, nobody oh, listens to this podcast. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Well, in that case, I'll give you the truth. I was a petri dish baby. I actually don't have a belly button. And uh, wow. Um, oh, he's going deep already. Yeah. Mm. And that was pretty much it. Wait, Mike, what's a belly button for? Or wait, did Adam have a belly button? <laughs> oh no! Here we go. What, what does Scott believe? There are I believe that. There yeah. are. <laughs> oh, there are okay. Guys, there are really volumes <laughs> written on that subject. Hold on, hold on, Mike. We understand your life yeah. ended when you moved to Iowa. What? So oh, can yeah. you tell us what happened before that? Before Iowa? Oh man. Yeah. So you've only had about, you've been in Iowa for three or four years, years, six years, and you've had like 10 kids. I'm glad you missed me, Scott. Yeah, 10 kids in Iowa. Did you just go last Wednesday? Yeah. (laughs) So what do you want me to talk about before Iowa? Basically, their their farm responsibilities. No, you you went to, you were a Southern California guy, and you had a little bit of a crisis of faith. This got real right now. Yeah, okay. This is getting real, yeah. And and you moved to Iowa. I did. For specific reasons. Because that's where I found Jesus. Yes. In the corn. Do you go to a Christian Reformed church out there? No, I don't. Believe it or not, I go to a Baptist church out there. Okay, Mike, how did you... So uh, we met not too long ago, I mean, a year or two ago, but... You does he normally stare at people like this? <laughs> Usually he's not talking to them when he's staring at them. So it's this is a little better. No, this is good. I'm okay with that. Uh, Mike, stay with me. <laughs> I'm good. What took you out to Iowa? Um, this is okay. Yeah, I'll just give. I'll answer this finally. Um, yeah, I had a crisis. But well, you were in California, <laughs> and then Scott. Um, Scott. So yeah, um, yeah, I did have a crisis of belief. Started to um, had a business here and started to really question uh, purpose and pretty much everything. So 
um, even church. Um, I was a professing believer and think I was a Christian. I have no clue when I became a Christian, but oh wow, yeah, yeah, that's you st- a lot. You start to question that when you. But I had 50. questions like about faith. Seemed like um, going to church was pointless. Um, what I was doing at work was pointless. And what I was reading in scripture was not what I was seeing in my life and not what I was seeing around me. And so, um, when you say not in your life, do you mean like the fruits of your belief and what you were doing and nothing was happening or it's probably the old Testament sacrificial system. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so yeah, it just, uh, started, (laughs) oh man, (laughs) you guys are angrier than I thought you would be. I thought this was a happy Hurry house. up, Mike. Tell <laughs> your story. Spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then in like three seconds, somebody's going to We have a softball me. game to get to. <laughs> we are. So. Everybody be quiet. Everybody's Mike, except for Mike. Yeah. So, well, I had a decent follow-up question, yeah. but go ahead. Yeah, so basically started reading scripture a, a lot more than I was before. Um, all the things that... Uh, well, I'll just put it that way. I started praying a lot, started reading scripture a lot, started asking questions like crazy. Um, didn't have a whole lot of uh, leadership that could, could help me, you know? So I was asking probably the wrong people questions, and they would say, oh, I'll just pray about it. You'll be, you'll be okay. And is I was that, kind of searching for more. Is, is that when you were— It's probably you. <laughs> no, is, actually, I'm not going to say. Is that when you were asking. in Southern California? I was when I was here, yeah. So, yeah, just crisis of belief, really question everything we were doing, like— Going to church, it just seemed to be so compartmentalized my life. Um, I know that's some word we throw around a lot, but that was me, man. Just like what I was reading in Scripture was not matching up in my life. And, and I knew it had to be all of what I was seeing in Scripture or nothing. Or it was just all, you know, gone, fake, you know. And so I really started praying, really started searching and seeking after God, reading a ton in Scripture, um, and I was just consumed with the will of God. Like, what is the will of God for me and for my life? Um, to make it really brief, I was so consumed with the specific will of God. Like, what job should I do? Because my, my business wasn't fulfilling and all that stuff. Um, I was so, so worried and consumed with the specific will of God that I was totally missing the general will of God. But it was crazy. Like, as I was so consumed with the specific will of God, what's my job and what am I supposed to do exactly? I ended up doing the general will of God, just reading scripture and praying, asking other believers for counsel and stuff like that. And in the process, it was kind of like uh, uh, Proverbs 37, where it talks about you delight yourself in, in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart, right? Oh, does Proverbs end easier? Oh, it's earlier. Uh, Oh, Psalms 37, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. Okay, sorry. I just pointed out that there's no Proverbs. (laughs) There's no Proverbs. Psalm 37. So Psalm 37 talks about how you delight yourself in the, in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And so I started having this desire, um, and it was weird, but to live in a farming community. So after seeking for a while, we ended up finding a job opportunity in a farming community out in Rock Rapids, Iowa. And um, yeah, just felt like that was exactly where we were supposed to be. Flew out there for the job interview, and that was pretty much it. So that's the the short. That's actually a really long version. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> that was pretty good. Concise. That was pretty good. So, so you went you went from South Orange County to Middle America. Flatland, yeah, yeah, Bible, Bible Belt, Belt area, yeah, right. 
Yeah. So when I got there, my experience was pretty different. I had, um, I went to a church, um, probably two times before I called the pastor and, and just started asking him a bunch of questions. And I said, well, I was reading through the gospels and seeing how Christ was discipling men. And I thought, man, it's totally like, it's missing. I have not seen this. I haven't seen discipleship anywhere. I grew up with my, my, I didn't grow up in the church, but my uh, grandfather was a pastor um, and really didn't see it a whole lot there, um, but I was pretty young. And then, you know, the churches that I went to, I just wasn't seeing it. I wasn't seeing it, like, in my family's life. They're all professing believers, too. Like, I wasn't seeing it in their life. Who discipled them? Who were they discipling? And then for me, I was like, I finally realized, man, I need somebody to disciple me, you know? So, um, so I I asked the pastor, I said, what happened to discipleship? Is it just gone completely in church or does it look different? And he happened to say, well, yeah, a little bit both. So why don't you come? He's discipling a group of guys the next morning, like at 5 a.m. And so he said, just show up tomorrow. And so, so my experience after that point was totally different than what I experienced before. I felt kind of alone before, which is weird because there's, you know, tons of people around you, but, and part of it's because I'm not willing to be vulnerable and stuff and, and say stuff. Uh, well, let is, people know is, I mean, isn't that the world where people can just get lost in the mass of yeah, the yeah. sea of people? Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So thousands of people around you and you feel kind of alone in that, in that search. So anyway, I'd, um, that pastor, uh, Jeff Poppinga, Rock Rapids, Iowa. Um, anyway, he was totally different. He would, uh, um, I asked him, first of all, I asked him. So I reached out on my own and, and asked him about, Oh, a bunch of different things. And, and he would sit with me for hours and he'd toss me a Bible because I never bring a Bible in his office and I could ask him a certain question. He'd throw me a Bible. Even though he knew the answer, he'd toss me the Bible and, and he'd turn with me in scripture. What a jer- oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> turn with me. That's not right, Zach. Um, yeah, we just went through scripture together and for the next, you know, four years, basically he spent time with me, serving with me and uh, bring me along as he served and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I got a do question. Do we have to raise our hands? I, I do. <laughs> okay. I'm a rule follower. Powerful Greg Hogman. Okay. So. Lover. <laughs> what, well. um, <laughs> what advice do you have for us, Mike, when. I don't know. No, come on. Hold on a second. So. You read uh, a passage like, <laughs> there is no problem. He has shown you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God, right? Yeah. That's what he's shown you what you should do. Okay. And you were talking about specific and general uh, calling yeah. and will. Yeah. And for those of us, not Zach, but... For the rest of us who might be in that same place, searching for specific will of God yeah. on your life. Uh, yeah, what, Zach doesn't care about the will of God. <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you have in in seeking that? What have you learned through seeking that? And what uh, what should we do? <laughs> I don't know what you're doing wrong, so I don't know how to correct you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what happened for me. Hey, like, hey, Greg, Greg, what are you doing for the next, I don't know, four years? <laughs> yeah, I'll unpack everything. No, I think the big thing that I learned was um, in obsessing over specifics in my life that I was totally missing the point of like finding that's good finding love in God you know finding satisfaction in just knowing him and delighting in him 
um, who is it that saved me? I, I kept on asking that question to myself, like, who is this savior that's saved from, that's died for me? Cause I felt like in a large part, I knew that he did, but I didn't know who he was. You know what I'm saying? So like I knew as a Christian, I should be doing the will of God, but I totally missed the point of finding out who is God? What is his love like? Like what is his sacrifice? Like all those types of things. And so my, um, seeking God through scripture was, um, a fully different perspective at that point. It switched from trying to search through scripture to figure out what is it I'm supposed to be doing to just resting and yeah, trying to figure out who God was, you know? And so in that, he gave me all these other desires that were for specific, like what was his will for my life specifically? Those just naturally came out of my pursuit of knowing God, you know? So would you say that every person on this earth has a specific will oh, of God man. for their life? A destiny, even? If they're willing to search. <laughs> Do people have yeah. soulmates? Yeah, is is there, are we going to Is Don't that co- go back podcast three but, or whatever? But no, is there... I, you, you I believe feel, absolutely. You, feel like you felt you found a specific will of God for your life. For my life, yeah. I I believe we are. Like, God has. I a, created Mike Curley because I want him to go to Iowa, <laughs> find this all yeah, out. Yeah. Come back to California. Yeah. Seems crazy. Seems what's that? Oh, we need a microphone. Yeah, I believe absolutely. Um, and I think we all have a unified will. You know that God gives us. But he's given us gifts and abilities that we might serve him and that might look different. And that's how it looks specific, you know. But I think that's as, as you seek God, those passions start to rise in your heart and, and you find yourself. You know what I found out? I didn't have to, like, put a carrot out in front of myself and start trying to do these things that I was supposed to be doing. I just found myself naturally doing these things because I was stoked on who God was, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I would answer your question. I think so. Yeah. Do you think you ever were? I mean, I think you kind of said you were at first, but it still it still sounds from a. I'll play devil's advocate right now. Uh-oh. Uh oh. That there's a little bit of overthinking potentially of the particulars of what exactly you're supposed to be doing for God. Do you think you ever overthought that? Oh yeah. Is that yeah. like a danger for people? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I would say it wasn't an ever a danger for me because it made me seek through scripture and pray more than I ever had, you know? So I don't think it was necessarily like a danger for me. Um, I think it was at times um, I was pouring out too much energy um, and ob- obsessing in a bad way, you know, where it was consuming me in the sense that, well, I didn't know, like I, nobody came along and said, dude, you just need to focus on scripture and get to know God. You know, I spent all this time reading scripture for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. So I, I said in that way, I've, I've wasted some energy and time, but at the same point, I knew where I was going to find that answer. So, uh Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. I have another question. Yes, yes Greg. Follow up. Man. You said something very interesting to me. You said, uh, well, he didn't say it directly to you. He did. He said, nobody ever told me that you should be reading scripture and find out who God was. Yeah, that's a good question. That, so is that where you find out where God was, or is it like Jeff where you find out who God is just because you don't read Scripture? <laughs> that's not entirely Greg, fair. that was such a huge – you just leaped over <laughs> <No> ginormous <laughs> – 
for oh, the waters. I'm not even smart enough to understand. Greg is pumping no his fist so hard. <laughs> synaptic connection so at all. Je- Jeff, for uh, the person of time, I will allow it and let Mike uh, answer. <laughs> <laughs> I should clarify a little bit. Um, nobody was walking alongside of me. I, of course, you heard it in church, right? Like, this is the way we find out who God is through Scripture, that sort of thing. Okay. You hear it in church, sure. Okay. But, um, you know... my love language right now. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, my good. But uh, you know, at, at the same point, a lot of people get lost in the crowds in church, you know. And I was too immature to know that I should be reaching out to anybody because I didn't know what I needed, you know. Um, and as a result, I wasn't connected with anybody who they could look in my life and be like, man, this guy really needs to, you know, or challenge me in ways or correct me, you know. Um, and so yeah, I spent a lot of time just trying to figure it out on my own. So, yes, I did hear it in church, to okay. clarify. Yeah. <laughs> what, were, what were things that needed to be corrected in your life? Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that would take four years. The like darker, Scott the better. The darker, the better. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Scott, you don't have a mic, so don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> just know Is that you, purposeful? Just know the people who ask these questions are usually searching for their own answers. So you can go ahead and answer, but really Greg is searching <laughs> through his own life. Yeah, what, what is exactly right. What is yeah. the that was right. what are the things yeah. that need to be corrected? Of you. Um well I think I I mentioned one of the biggest ones was my perspective and why I was appro- or how I was approaching scripture. Um how I was praying, you know, it was for a specific reason for my own really uh resolve. I was so obsessed. I, I needed resolve. And um, I was seeking God for that reason. I wasn't seeking him just to just to know him, you know. And so that was one major correction. You no, seemed I, confused on, there. Was on. that I bad? Am, I am. Go back to that. The uh, You were seeking God because you wanted what resolved? Just I was obsessing about, like I was, I was not satisfied in work. I wasn't satisfied even in church. Um, it wasn't because of the church or anything. It was just because I wasn't finding my own satisfaction in it, the way I was approaching it, whatever it might have been. So um, would you so say you had a God-sized hole in your soul <laughs> yeah. and you were restless yeah. until yeah. you found it? You know what? Well, I would, I would say this. <laughs> I'm leading the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, like I said, I, I was a professing believer. I, I believe I was saved even before this time. Um, but... I never felt so alive until I really had this, this stirring in my heart, you know? Um, so yeah, it was a God sized hole. It was all these things that you hear about people, you know, or I wasn't super successful, but you know, about those rich people that have made it from, you know, fame and for or to fame we and call fortune them the craters. <laughs> Go ahead. and then, uh, they're not satisfied. I would say I t- had a taste of that sort of thing, but I was finding it in everything in my life, you know? from from attending church to even to reading scripture um to uh, business just breathing in general you know so a lot of questions why am i so nervous don't be nervous <laughs> questions are hard take a deep breath you haven't had a beer yet <laughs> yeah that there's, makes it there's easier. some brown sugar in there there's some scorpion uh, I, 90 I, minute go jeff Powerful i want to step i want to step back because I, I really like the adventure of couples when they they decide to make decisions that are not easy decisions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is, this is life. I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of like decide, Hey, I feel called to yeah. like go across the country. That's, 
That's insane. I mean, most people would, I mean, it, there would be uh, serious tension and in between husband and wife when you feel this calling and your wife, uh, I mean, where was she in this discussion or your, this decision to go? Yeah. Yeah, and you yeah, got yeah. and you've and you've got a how many kids do you have right five now? Five kids, yeah. Five. And so when you moved, did you have two? We had three. Three? Yeah. So what was yeah. this? Closer to the Mormonism than you are. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Mormonism and your wife and all those kids, did you ever feel the need to maybe have a second wife just to help out around the house? <laughs> oh, gosh. Gosh darn it. No. No. Okay, please delete that. All right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. A husband, wife, your decision. So where was my wife at? Or yes, what's your main question absolutely. there? Yeah. Um, she was, uh, she's always been incredibly supportive. And I think that was massive for me because um, I, w- I went through the deepest depression of my life in, in this. And just so you guys mm. know, like I went through, before I was a Christian, I, I was uh, suicidal at a point. And this point, I would say I was more depressed than I've ever been in my life. And I w- had this just hope that was unshakable like this is going to work out even though all circumstances around me were i mean my business was tanking we had no money people were giving us food and stuff like this and and i was i was just hopeful i'm like i know god is in this i know like it was unshakable you know and so part of that was helpful because i would articulate that to my wife you know a lot of times i just i would talk i'm kind of emotional guy so i'll say anything um and so i tell her you shared pretty much everything really yeah i mean i would come home and just lay on the couch i was super depressed and she was just there to pick me up like all the time so incredibly supportive um uh you know when i was strong you know she would be down you probably hear these stories a lot that's kind of how it worked for us too when when i finally had like a good day or something it seemed like she was able to allow herself to just tank and, and we'd pick each other up. So, so that's kind of how a lot, how it was going. But spiritually, I felt like I, I, I felt this call before that she did. And then, um, right. And then she kind of came along afterwards, but she was always saying, Hey, wherever you feel God is leading, let's we'll go. go, you know? Nice. And that's so awesome. incredibly supportive. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is amazing. I mean, there is so much, um, built into a marriage when I mean the the confidence of a man and a and a husband is there's so much built into it when the when a wife's a, wife yeah, is just yeah. right behind you just yeah yeah you know, cheering you on yeah yeah supporting you that is amazing yeah and praying I mean she prayed for me she we pray together all the time and yeah I mean it was it was huge you know if you imagine what it would be like I mean I I knew God was in it but to have him working through her to be so encouraging mm-hmm. and um and yeah it was awesome it was awesome mike would you describe nadia as your help meet yeah yes i would <laughs> she was fulfilling her I'm role the king james <laughs> <laughs> this is a sophomoric 10 second pause <laughs> so. okay so so you have this where you're your your wife's behind you. It's like let's go. We're we're going to Iowa. You just feel called there. You yeah. have no idea. You know you're going to a city. Yeah, you've called ahead. What? What's yeah, it's weird. Well, I mean, like I mentioned just briefly, we had this desire to live in a farming community. Right. Weird. So we started actually exploring it in California. Try to find farming communities. Then they, uh, I found a job opportunity. Flew out there. 
Um, and yeah, we, when we're in this community, it was everything that we had felt on our heart. It was just like, all of a sudden we just had this rest. Like, this is it. I can't believe it. You know, then we go sleep in the hotel and like, what in the world are we going to do? I I can't believe we're doing this next day. We'd be out, get out and go in the community. We're like, this is it. Can't believe it. So yeah. So it was all that. Um, and so you've been out there for six years and, and so what are you, what do you, I mean, what do you how did everything start? It started with this four years of really being discipled yeah, yeah. by this pastor. Yeah. And yeah. and then from there, I mean, what's your purpose out there? Um, you know, I was just, I was working, didn't really, I knew I was there. It was really weird. My wife and I had the same uh, feeling at the, at the same week, independent of each other. Felt like we were there for something bigger than just the job, mm-hmm. you know? And we're totally fine with that. We did, you know, I'm just moved for a job, but we're satisfied knowing that it's something more, you know? So, um, (laughs) so yeah, I don't know. My purpose out there was, I was, I thought I was just doing graphics work, um, for a homeschooling company out there. Yeah. I thought I was just out there and Hey, I'm just, I guess God placed me here. I'm just going to do work and seek God while I'm out here. And so that's all I knew at that point. Oh, by the way, on a side note, my wife needs your graphics help to do a uh, a, a graphic for her doula oh. business. But okay, okay go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That's Not about graphic, my purpose. That's branding. Come on, yeah, whatever. Catch up. <laughs> in the womb, or yeah, in the womb, coming out of the womb. Mike's really, got a lot of experience head. with that. Actually, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a car wrap of a baby coming out, but <laughs> five of it didn't them. seem appropriate. <laughs> Man, with all the gestures, how, you got to turn this into a video, <laughs> video <laughs> deal. It's not fair. All the vet gestures are just lost. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. Scott. I'm out. I'm straight out of gesture. <laughs> so what's what's next? Um, what's next for Michael? I think so. You're you're plant. You're kind of plant. You feel the pull back to California. I mean, what, he is he is sitting here in Southern yeah. California right now. You're passionate about discipleship. What do you want to do? here oh boy yeah so i'm gonna use proverbs 37 again <laughs> uh, psalm 37 no so that's kind of what happened when i was and these guys are investing my life like i had this increased love of god and I, I i felt like for the first time in my life i could say i loved god you know it was kind of embarrassing in one way because i'd been in the church for so long and uh, but anyway, that's what I felt. I felt like I was loving God. I was stoked on him and, and wanted to tell everybody about him. And, and that all was a result of faithful men investing in my life and leading me through the word, showing me how to serve, um, showing what it's like to love people and, and that sort of thing. And, and so just naturally, I, I'm like, I want this for other people. I don't want, uh, if there's another person out there like me, I want the Lord to lead them to me that I can walk alongside them that, that they could find joy in him too. And, and so, yeah, I was just kind of at that point out there committed that uh, it's discipleship. I just want to totally pour in discipleship. I think there is something in the church that we need to correct as believers. And I think, you know, it's people say, Oh, that's cool. You're passionate about discipleship. I'm kind of bummed that nobody else or not a lot of people are, you know what I'm saying? There are people that are, but we all should be right. It it should, it is the mission of the church and it shouldn't just be a handful of people that are stoked on discipleship. Like this should be, um, what consumes us. You know what? Let's go around. Zach, are you discipling uh, other people, other men at this time? It's It's a broad term. Yeah. It's not until (laughs) 
people like you and Mike ask me questions like that, then I realize that it's happening because I don't I don't think about it that way. I don't think about it how Mike communicates it so succinctly, succinctly, <laughs> and so passionately. I don't think about it like that, but that's what's happening, and I love that. Okay, so what it's, is it? It's doing life. It's doing life with people in yes. an honest and real way, yeah. and that's I'm I'm definitely for that. And I, I think yeah. more people are for that. They just don't know it, and mm-hmm. they they don't know how to be intentional about it because mm-hmm. it can be uncomfortable. So yeah. I feel like I feel like we do that within our our kind of band of brothers, um, I and mean, we're discipling each other. I mean, we do it. I mean, we do this just through community and with our families and. I think there's a genuine a genuineness to our I can actually I can tell you there's a serious genuineness genuineness to our um band of brothers and there's an honesty but it's it's definitely biblically based. I mean we're all going towards Christ. It's like mm-hmm. this is what we want. This is the life that lifts us up. Scott would prefer if you phrase it we're all going towards a proper reading of scripture. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> so, back home presently yeah. in in Iowa, what does discipling mm-hmm. others look like when <clears throat> you're discipling others? Yeah, it it looks very different in uh, different stages of of people's lives, right? So, um, in new believers or even unbelievers. Um, it's a, a lot just relationships, getting to know people, spending time. Uh, if you don't know them and their struggles, you have no clue how to minister to them or even sp- speak truth in their life. So, um, yeah, it's just spending some, some of it looks like just establishing relationships and um, getting to know them, uh, finding out what they, what they love, what their struggles are. And um, so that's part of it. Um, but another component too is uh, there's a group of uh, two two different groups of guys that I meet with that's more, looks a little more academic because they're in a spot where they're you know they've received Christ and they're hungering to grow and so we spend uh, time we just read through Scripture together and so we meet every week and 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 go through Scripture together. There's families that are committed to each other um, to to fellowship, so we meet regularly. Yeah. So with the reading of the Scripture, yeah, I'm. I really still feel like I'm a very new believer and I I've I'm starting to dig a little bit mainly because of the guys that are right around here they're you know kind of drawing me to yeah, it's awesome. read the Bible and um <clears throat> do you talk about the scripture you know read the scripture and then have application Yeah we um yeah we talk about it <laughs> We'll we'll go through two chapters a week um, and read through those over and over and over. And sometimes we talk about those two chapters the, the net, when we get together each week. Um, and sometimes we talk about one chapter. Sometimes we talk about a verse. And sometimes we'll talk about chapter for a couple weeks. It's just about getting men to read, you know, scripture. And, uh, yeah, uh, there's, we shouldn't walk away without trying to apply it and try to look at, like, what does this mean, you know, in this day and age, <laughs> what did it mean to the original audience? What is it speaking to us? What's God trying to say to us? Um, and yeah, so you ask those type of questions too. So <clears throat> you've gone, you have a group that reads scripture and then you went on, you were talking about other groups. That you're, yeah. You know, so, f- you know, uh, 
we actually talked about it in church, right? Uh, Todd talked about it in church um, in, in Acts 2.42. That's one of the, the, the scriptures that really stuck in my heart. They're committed to four, uh, four things, um, fellowship, the reading of the word, breaking of bread and prayers. And so that's what I hope to see in my life first and foremost, because I think if I see it, those components in my life, um, I think I'll be living that full life. I mean, it will start to affect other people. Also look at Christ and, and um, his life. And I've studied the way he's discipled a lot. And I kind of broke it down. And there's so many components to it. But three major components, reaching, teaching, and sending. So am I reaching people, uh, establishing those relationships when they respond to the gospel or respond to some truths of God or are interested in God? Then I start teaching them. And as I'm teaching them, if they're growing in scripture, um, you know, obviously responded to faith, that sort of thing, or received Christ through faith, then um, start to hunger. We keep teaching them. And as, just like it happened to me, as we as they're seeking God, he starts to place passions and desires on their hearts. And we get to a point where we can send them. And sometimes sending them is just saying, hey, you're called to be a teacher. You know, you're, you're incredible at teaching. Why don't you spend some time at church Thanks, teaching man. the kids? Thanks. Or, Thanks, Mike. Yeah, you're, you're incredible at teaching, Thanks. Zach. Oh, so, <laughs> So it kind of looks like that. Um, committed to those four things and then analyzing our life to say, are we reaching, teaching, and sending? That's the brief of it. But I could give you practical things, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Other than that, he's got no answer. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. It's, there's so much clarity. You have, you're, fo- you're completely focused. And obviously, you have, you, you have gone, you know, over the last six or seven years or eight years, you know, kind of seeing this uh, going to the depths of depression, literally, and being raised out of that with the hope with the hope that God's got you and yeah. led you out into yeah in the middle of I mean I, I want to call it nowhere but it's just it's the middle of the country where <clears throat> you're so far from what you've known yeah, yeah. nobody middle nowhere nobody cares about it <laughs> they call us the flyover states yeah the what the, the flyover, flyover states. states for sure hey mm. so speaking of the depths of depression Yeah. And that's it. That's all we have time for, folks. <laughs> oh, man. We're not in your head. Is that egg. water now? We don't, we don't what does Iowa think about GMOs? <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's just, water. Oh, man. Oh, all right. Man. Well, we do have to wrap up, and there's going to be more from you. I know it because you'll be out here, and something's going to happen. It's not just going to be you hanging out with people. You're You're going to be doing stuff. Yeah, I'm coming back. Boom. I thought this was a three-parter. We're going tomorrow night, and then while he's traveling to the airport, <laughs> we were going to podcast. Actually, right I'm driving. Airport yeah. 405. As long as you don't call me in Utah, I'll be able to call and talk. All right. Well, you don't have a mic. No. I'm, Are you taking a job no, out he's here? He's asking if I'm taking a job out here. No, I'm, I'm doing graphics. I'll do contract work out here and then doing minutes just a fun ministry. All right. <clears throat> well, Awesome. I'm sure people will be praying. People pray. Give that to Scott. Scott? That's part four. Give us the outro. Mike, we want to thank you so much for your just love and uh, just, I don't know, it seemed like you had to give up something to be here. Um, So, Nadia, thank you for allowing Mike to leave the nest. And um, thank you, Jeff. You're not Jeff. You're Greg. 
<laughs> I'm looking right it's at Greg and I call him Jeff. I do that a lot. And John and Scott, we thank <laughs> you as well. And Zach, we thank you for hosting everyone. So, uh, man, rate us, like us, Facebook.com, just wherever you go. If you're on Twitters, if you're on Instagrams, if you're on the website, if you're on LinkedIn. Wait, yeah. we've got LinkedIn. Dribble. Not yet. Not yet. What? Wherever you are, goats types in bros, <laughs> bibles, beers. <laughs> bros, bibles, beer. Wherever he is on the webs. Good podcast, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. I actually want to be a polygamist. Shut your reformed mouth.